Hello. You are listening to Off the Wall Sports and more with Darren and Jackson. We are so glad that you're joining us for our third installment. It's been a while since we've been here, but here we are. Number three, third time's a charm. You think maybe we could get this one right? Maybe so. We have been world travelers yes. since episode, well, world, North country, America. North America travelers since episode two was recorded. It's true. How many miles did you drive slash fly when you were gone? I drove from my house to the airport. That's a long ways. Um, didn't do, well, the driving we did was with a rental gotcha. and it was out there. What kind of car did you rent? Um, they did not have what we reserved. We tried to reserve more of a, not a budget, not a, a car that you have to pedal around. See, they know how to take the reservation. They just don't know how to hold the reservation, exactly. which is really the most important part of the reservation. Which in our case turned out really good this time because they ended up giving us a Lincoln Navigator. Are you serious? It was nice. Baller. But well, we, uh, it's no Mercedes, but that's a, that's a nice, <laughs> nice ride. No Mercedes. <laughs> I've never driven a Mercedes. Have Me you? either. <laughs> <laughs> I've never owned a Mercedes. Have Me you? either. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so where all did you go when you were in Compton? Straight out. Were you straight out of Stratford into Compton? Straight out. Straight out of Compton. Um, we stayed in Orange County. Garden Grove was the name of the town that okay. we were in. What were community. you What were you doing there? It was a conference. Okay. For for work, but we did. We drove down to San Diego, which halfway between where we stayed in San and San Diego was uh, Camp Pendleton. Okay. Is that like we're, a church camp? No, military band, base. Band camp. And it was <laughs> this one time. I've been there. Not Camp Pendleton, but band camp. We'll talk about that later, okay. actually. Sweet. It's a good segue. It's just going to take a long time for that segue to get there. We'll come back to that. But it was neat to see the military guys doing exercises and maneuvers and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, we messed around in L.A. for a little bit, and we did. I, I wanted to drive through Compton, so we did at about 1, one thirty in the morning. Are you serious? In a Lincoln Navigator. <laughs> well. And it still had bright, shiny wheels when we took it back to the airport. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. So where'd you go? Oh, man. We flew into L.A., which driving in L.A., which you did, is a total nightmare. But I will say, later on in our trip, we went to San Francisco, and driving in San Francisco was more of a nightmare than it was in L.A. Really? Mm-hmm. Like 800 and something thousand people in San Francisco, and I want to say like 3.2 million or something like that in L.A., area anyway so we flew into la we stayed the night in malibu then we stayed the next night in monterey this the next night in san francisco two nights in san francisco then we went to lake tahoe yosemite stayed a night in mammoth springs or not mammoth springs mammoth lakes then stayed a night in lone pine which is where a lot of old western movies were filmed cool a lot of gene autry and we flew into john wayne airport oh cool in, so there's a connection. Where's that? I don't know if it's Garden Grove or what city officially okay. it's in, but Orange County. Orange County. Cool. And then from Lone Pine, we drove to Las Vegas and then flew home from Las Vegas. Wow. So about 2,600 miles in the air, and then we put another 1,700 miles on the rental car. So 
So what kind of rental did you have? We had a Jeep Renegade. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They're, uh, they sponsored our trip, actually, which actually, I don't know if you knew, but they're actually sponsoring today's podcast. I have been wondering all day who our sponsor was yeah, for this. Yeah, it's Jeep. And so they provided us the Renegade. They paid for the whole trip, paid for all of the... No, I'm just kidding. They didn't. But they are sponsoring tonight's podcast. Cool. So, yeah. Did you go through Venice Beach? Um, or did you stop at Venice Beach, I should say? Yes, we did. It's a crazy place. Yeah, it is. That was the second time I'd been there. It wasn't quite as crazy this time as it was the first time but it's it's a crazy place yeah california is just such a beautiful state i mean it's you go like except venice beach except venice beach yeah and probably compton wasn't too great Mm, it got to where it wasn't yeah it's just beautiful though i mean like you're right on the you're on the water with the sand and then you go 20 miles down the road and there's these huge cliffs right up against the ocean then you go inland and it's flat and then you see the the highest point in basically in the lower 48 states the highest point in the country is mount whitney which is outside lone pine california cool so we got to see that so that was pretty when you're at you 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 saw a lot more than than i was able to see but when you were at venice beach did you see the green store green hospital green clinic whatever it was called no i don't think so it's green there's green stuff, and they've got some kind of leaf as their symbol. I'm not sure what it was exactly. But the doc, the so-called <laughs> doctors wear green scrubs. Really? I don't know what they do there. I see a lot of people filling paperwork out, sitting in their lobby, which you can see into. I, I didn't walk in, but, but whatever it is they do must give everybody the munchies because I saw two or three of the, the so-called green doctors walking around <laughs> with pizza and potato <laughs> chips and different things. I was like, you guys are going to... Gained some weight working at that green place. Yeah. Got the munchies. So did you get to partake? No, I did not. I really had no desire to go in that place. Gotcha. Excellent. I just thought it was interesting. Oh, cool. Well, we're glad that you guys are joining us again. We've Again, we've been gone for several weeks now, and so hopefully we're going to get back on track and uh, provide you guys with some more entertainment, news, sports-related and non-sports-related, which brings us to our first topic of the night. Which I think we kind of have the same thought going on with mm-hmm. this. Yeah. So we may not each have a topic, but we'll have plenty to say about the topic. Yeah. And Darren, what is our sports topic this evening? Is Tom Brady, who just made his first start after a four-game suspension, mm-hmm. is Tom Brady the best quarterback currently or of all time? Okay. That's a good question. I have an answer for that statistically speaking. Yeah? No. Okay. Because I looked, he's close. He's okay. real close, statistically speaking. Who is the, who's all, as far as, and now, like when we're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, are you talking about wins versus losses, also including how many Super Bowls they have? What I have, his pass attempts, completions, completion percentage, okay. uh, touchdowns, number of interceptions, which the more pass attempts a guy's going to have he's probably going to have more interceptions right um yardage and then the ultimate rating that i'm looking at is the quarterback rating gotcha 96.5 is the top guy any idea who that would be somebody that's played one since i've been alive which was in yes but not a current player okay somebody that played for the 49ers no for the Chiefs? No, he played very, very recently. He is the oh uh, the latest 
Super Bowl champion quarterback, Peyton Manning. Mm, yeah. 96.5 quarterback rating, 71,940 yards wow. total. See, to me, honestly, he's, in my opinion, has always been, in my eyes, the greatest quarterback of all time. But I'll give some reasons for that in a little bit. He leads the entire list. I've got eight, the top 18. I'm not sure why 18, other than the list I, I found also included the, the Canadian Football League. Hmm. So I took those guys out. Cause gotcha. Can you run down like the top three or four? Sure. Peyton Manning. Is number one. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's number two. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. The top five are almost all current. Okay. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger. Interesting. So Peyton is not the, the, the only one that's not current. Okay. Man, out of that whole list, though, who stands out to you that shouldn't be on the list, first of all? I'm a little surprised that Philip Rivers is number that's four. That's who I was thinking. I just don't – I don't know what it is about the Chargers and, and they're getting it handed to them this year so far. Yep. If they could stop at halftime, they may have an undefeated season. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't followed them that closely, but – And they're also talking about possibly moving to L.A. Had you heard that? Yes. Okay. So there's a petition or whatever going around that people have to sign to get them to stay where they're at. I just don't – I just wonder if they're going to stay where they're at. And mainly, I think a lot of it has to do with their front office people. But second of all, I just don't understand how they haven't been able to put it together for yeah, how many years? And you've got a guy that's on the top five list of, of basically the greatest quarterbacks of all time and Phillip Rivers. I've never denied that he's a good quarterback. Right. But I, I would not even have come close to putting him at number four. Yeah. I mean, you've got guys like Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Dan Fouts, Fran Tarkenton. I mean, I would have put Fran. those guys way above Philip Rivers. Yeah, oh, I agree. Excuse me, Philip with one L, Rivers. Yeah, that is statistically speaking. Okay, how many? I mean, who holds the record for the most Super Bowl victories? That I do not know. Okay, I can find that out. There was also a couple on this list of top eighteen that I was I was kind of surprised they made. Eli Manning's number eleven. Drew Bledsoe's sixteen. Again, I never denied he's a good quarterback. Sure. Uh, Kerry Collins is number 18. Really? Is Don, you said Donovan McNabb is on that list? No. Where is Steve Young right on that list? He is not on that list either. Really? And, again, this is the top 18 according to all-time quarterback rating. Okay. So Tom Brady has tied Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw as the only quarterbacks to win four Super Bowls. His record is 4-2. and two. So you could also go back to how do you decide who how do you decide the best quarterback? Is it based on quarterback rating? Is it based on completions? Yardage, touchdowns, I think Super Bowl wins. I think it's all on Super Bowl wins. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean that's what they play for is a championship and so I mean, yeah, the stats come and obviously the stats come along with that with the caliber of a team that would make it to the Super Bowl, but in my opinion that's what makes the greatest of all time. But which Obviously, he is. I've never, honestly, I've never been a huge Tom Brady fan until recently, and I don't know why, but for some, something about him, he is the most competitive, hard-nosed quarterback that I think I've ever seen play the game of football. He is more determined. He's more set on. I mean, if they, if they're, if I had to take anybody in a fourth quarter situation where you were down by six points or five points or whatever, and you had one minute to go 90 yards, 
there would be no question in my mind that Tom Brady would be the one. Yeah. Peyton Manning, to me, would be a close second. Yeah, I agree. Peyton Manning's has always been my favorite because Peyton Manning is just one of those guys. He's so down-to-earth, and he's such a genuine – I mean, he's very genuine. He's a good person. You know, he's he's good off and on the field. I had the privilege of sitting in on one of his press conferences, and I literally was probably from me to you. Just Which, three. for those watching the um, – <laughs> The VIP camera, you can, you know, that's three or four feet. Crowded, small room, and I ended up standing on top of what was an old locker, basic, not on top, but a little bench yeah. area. But a very classy guy. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for classy. Yeah. Much like the Mercedes or the Lincoln Navigator. That's right. It's a classy automobile. So, do you think Tom Brady's comeback, so to speak, <clears throat> after his suspension? I think you're looking at – well, go ahead. Go ahead with your question. He came back, four games suspended, played his first game of the season against Cleveland. Which I thought just, would be a huge blowout, which it kind of was, but 33-13, to 13, I think. Just dominated. Mm-hmm. Can you take that game and judge the, how he's going to do the rest of the season? I think you're looking at a Tom Brady that is more determined to win another Super Bowl than he's ever been to win the four that he's already won. I think so. I do too. I think the Patriots will be in the Super Bowl. I think they'll win. And, of course, Tom Brady's going to take them there, I think. Now, because because he played so well against Cleveland, I don't say that. Because Cleveland is winless right yeah. now. Many quarterbacks could have done what he did against yeah. Cleveland. sure. But as I heard a teammate of his say today, he was juiced. I bet. <laughs> I mean, I bet. not drugged up, not anything like that. He was just he was determined. He was ready to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. And – Honestly, there's like the word discipline comes to mind. Like he is a very disciplined quarterback, and he's very disciplined in his ways and his the way he prepares for a game. I think the guy, you know, like I've heard a lot of people say, well, he's probably just taken these the last four games and just kind of had a break. You know, I I think Tom Brady's worked as hard, if not way harder, than anybody else on that team over the last four weeks, just to prepare for what he's about to do, which I think is lead the Patriots to the Super Bowl. So would you, would you take this a step further? Would you also say that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the – I can't stand Bill Belichick. The best coach-quarterback duo? I mean, when in regards to wins, yeah. I just don't care for Bill Belichick, but he's a great coach, and I don't know a whole lot about the game of football. But, I mean, from what I can see, and obviously based on wins, yeah, they are. What do you and, think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My family does a – extended family does a – uh, football pick'em tournament and the New England Buffalo game. Uh huh. I debated. <laughs> I bet New, everybody lost on that one. <laughs> New, actually, one person won. Uh, out of fourteen, one person got that one right and picked Buffalo. And it's not that I'm a fan of Bill Belichick or the Patriots or Tom Brady, but I was like, it's. Of course, Tom Brady didn't play. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they were on their third string quarterback yeah, for that were. game, as they were for the game before that, and they won. But I, I looked at that pick, and I thought, it's the Patriots. Like them or not, they're going to win it. And well, I've been impressed with the first three ga- – or the – what was it? I guess the first two games with Jimmy Garoppolo yes. coming out who had never – I mean, he hadn't played one snap as a quarterback, as a pro quarterback yet at that point, had he? I don't, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. So the, the Broncos had a kid that played the first – that was like his first snap. And I, I want to say – yeah, and I want to say Jimmy Garoppolo did the same thing, but I was very impressed with him. 
But when you're surrounded with, I mean, when Tom Brady's your mentor and Bill Belichick and you've got the whole system there in place, it's like Web City. It's like they're, they create their dynasty when they're in their little league program or whatever. And I know a lot of like area schools are going to that type of like style of program where they run the whole off the same offense from little league all the way through high school. And just for, for those of you outside of our local <clears throat> area, sorry, not little league. We don't talk about mighty mites. Mm-hmm. Not mighty mites. <laughs> I've always tried not to say that name either. On, on when that's why I said little when league. we're recording. Yeah. Web city is a high school that's very dominant has been for many years. I saw that, um, friend of mine that is their athletic trainer posted a link that some tv network did a special it's like a 20 minute special about web city football really it's pretty interesting Hmm. but uh five state championships undefeated for gosh how many games how many years long time Uh, not this year they're falling on some hard times probably some hard times (laughs) for what web city people think right but um I think they've got three losses this year but yeah but going back to the whole dynasty of what is the patriots my opinion of tom brady over the last probably the course of the last two seasons is he is one of the i mean in my opinion peyton manning has been the greatest is the greatest of all time but tom brady is also won you know a couple more championships than peyton did so how many more years do you think Tom Brady will play? Somebody said that he won't. I think Nicholas was telling me this because Nicholas is a huge Patriots fan. French right. Nicholas, if you're listening, what's up? <laughs> but uh, he said that Tom Brady said that he wanted to play another 10 years, which won't happen. But He's already played. This is year 16. Can you imagine, though, I mean, what kind of records he would – I mean, he would break every single record, but he won't play another 10 years. I know that. But he's probably still got another two or three good seasons left. Because I think he's, his rookie year was 2000. Peyton Manning played 17 years, 1998 to 2015. He had, uh, with yardage, he had almost 72,000. Tom Brady, after this will be, well, in the same time frame, 15 years, 58,000. Hmm. Quarterback ratings, actually the same. Interesting. Oh, cool. Who has the most rings to give to a model wife? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Not that the wife has anything to do with it. Well, sure. Well, cool. Anyway. Well, I think, say, I mean, you can, anybody can say what they want, but Tom Brady is one of, if not the best quarterback of all time. I would like to say I like Twinkies. You just said anybody can say what they want. <laughs> and you did. I did. <laughs> what else do you want to say? Do you want to cover another topic tonight? Today? Sports related? Yeah, um, no, not necessarily. Oh, I need to do some more. How about some more? Okay, more. 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 What's your more? Well, my topic was, um, since you and I are both in leadership at our employer, what are the greatest joys and the biggest woes of being in management? And that's pretty broad, I know, but I guess we could just narrow it down to one. Did you work today? I did. Well, work's a relative term (laughs) when you're in management. You know that. I I didn't. I was going to ask you this at the beginning, too, and I forgot, but, you know, it's Columbus Day. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It's a holiday for us. I'm in the wrong profession. I should have been in banking or a federal employee. So you didn't do anything to celebrate Columbus Day? 
I went to the bank today to drop off two deposits from the weekend, and they weren't there. <laughs> so I didn't celebrate. I went, oh, Columbus Day. Well, my family didn't have any Columbus Day plans either. I stayed home, mowed two yards. You sent me that text that said, here's my other topic. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if that means Jackson is having a good day at work <laughs> or a bad day at work. I always have good days at work. Just some moments are worse than others. The joys of management. You get to help lead people in the direction that you think is best. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It can, that can also be a woe. And I think probably a lot of things could go both ways. Right. When you've worked hard to get to where you are, it's fun to get to that position. You feel those that you answer to have rewarded you with that. Right. So that's, that's a good part about it. Sure. What about you? The best part for me is seeing the reaction from somebody when they did something for themselves and like knowing that I was able to play a part of that. So what I mean is if somebody got a promotion to us in my world to like a store manager, which is not the most glamorous position in the world, but what a lot of guys work for is to become a store manager. And I've been very, very fortunate, and the Lord's blessed me immensely. But I've been able to do that for almost six years now. And so to see somebody come out from underneath me and be able to manage a store, to me that's what it's all about is just training the people that, obviously training the people that will take your place, but to see how they react when they understand. And it's just like this aha moment or the light bulb comes on, but like instilling in them a work ethic and the culture and the things that you want them to do, but they're the ones that actually have to put forth the effort and they actually have to go out there and make it happen. And when they do and they understand their potential, they are rewarded with, say, like a, their own store, being a store manager. That, to me, is, is what it's all about, helping people understand their own potential and helping them get to where, to where they want to be. Because, honestly, if you help all the people that work for you or with you. And I've, and I've tried to stop saying that, that so-and-so works for me because they don't work for me. They work for O'Reilly auto parts oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> for a major auto parts retailer in the area that was founded in Springfield, but they work for them. They don't work for me. All I'm doing is just managing the business for them. Anyways, it's, it's about teamwork. It's about promoting one each one another but anyways, that's that's what that's my greatest joy is seeing somebody do something that they they thought maybe wasn't possible, but they saw it in themselves and they were determined enough to make it happen. So it's kind of the same way for me. We don't manage a store, but right. to see someone promote up through the chain of command and which you're at the top, Big Daddy, someone that you've worked with and and you get to see them promote up and you see that they take on their own uh, management personality mm-hmm. and sometimes that may include some of the things that they learn from you right and what one thing I really enjoy is being able to hire somebody because our field is it's pretty competitive yeah so when you get to make that phone call or even a face-to-face which doesn't happen a, a whole lot but that's just a lot of fun to extend that job offer to somebody yeah the flip side of that I have learned it is really hard to tell somebody they didn't get the job. Yeah. That aspect has both 
right. the good and the bad with it. Sure. I think my biggest woe would, or just, I mean, the thing that pains me the most, and it's kind of a twofold thing, but like going back to when you know that somebody's capable of doing something and they either just choose to not do it or they know they can do it, but they can't seem to find that they can't seem to channel everything to make it happen. And so that's where you got to kind of just like let them go and do their own thing. And sometimes they fail and there's not a lot that you can do about that. And like, and just like calling somebody and telling them, Hey, you didn't get the job. It's nothing personal. You're the one responsible for telling people, Hey, you didn't get the job. I mean, yeah, you're the one that makes the decision, but it's nothing personal towards their personality or you, whether you like them as a person, you're trying to manage the firehouse. You're trying to manage all of the things that you've got going on and you can't worry about personalities and whether somebody's really going to be upset that they didn't get the job or not. But anyways, for me, the biggest, the biggest pain is just seeing somebody fail, but they knew that they could do it. They just chose not to. Right. And a lot of the times, like in our, like in my world, you don't just get, it's hard to get fired from where I work. (laughs) It's hard. A lot of people take advantage of, obviously we deal with a lot of cash. We deal with um, inventory and people just take advantage of being alone in the store or whatever, taking a part or taking some money out of a drawer or whatever. And I never in my life have thought that I would ever steal anything from my employer, but you never know what a person's capable of until they're pushed into a corner or where they feel like they're pushed into a corner. And so that's what I get most disappointed with is when I hear so-and-so got let go because they took something. Yeah. I just hate that people feel that way and that that's their only way to try and fix something because it's not. One of the hardest parts for me is the personnel side, dealing with personnel issues. Yeah, it is. When, I mean, obviously, obviously when people are involved, that's the hardest part is dealing with the different personalities. And I don't know how many people work under you, but multiple personalities and you can't treat everybody the same. You want to treat everybody the same, but some people have to be managed in a different way. And it's a shame that you can't just go to everybody and say, Hey, I need everybody to do their job today. And your job is this and this and this, but no, you have to go to some people and you can, you can say that like, Hey, I need you to do this and this and this, but some people don't take that, take orders like that. And so you just kind of, and that's the hardest part about managing is obviously dealing with the people. Right. Anyways, that's kind of, it's kind of where I wanted to go with that. So I think you're a great leader. And honestly, the, the, like what I've seen from you leading is that you're not a, there's a picture out there of like an old ancient Egyptian picture. And it says leader versus a boss. The boss is on the chariot or whatever. And all the guys that work for him are pulling him. Right. A leader on that same picture, the leader is actually out in front of everybody helping them pull the cart or whatever it is. And so when I think about you, and I'm not going to turn this into a, I'm not going to be praising you all night, but anyways, (laughs) there's just something about servant leadership that goes a whole long ways. And so you're that kind of servant leader. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. There's things in my job I would still like to do, but my position doesn't include that now. And that's hard. That's one of the the hard things about it. You know, I still want to do some of the dirty work, but my position isn't supposed to be doing that. It's supposed to be doing other things. Right. That's kind of hard to get used to. Because you're a fireman through and through. And sometimes you just want to go out there and fight the fire. I do. Is that what you're getting at? That's what I'm getting at. But sometimes you got to be at command and you're running the ship and you can't be in there fighting fire with your guys. That's true. That is hard. Anything else? Um, on that? No, I think that's, uh, I think that's it. 
for my okay. topic anyways. My topic, you play guitar. I do. I play drums. I dabble. I dabble. I yeah, don't really yeah, play. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so my question is, our respective instruments, uh-huh. guitar and drums, who, who are your five favorite guitar players? Not necessarily the best. But my favorite. And, and I have an example of that. He's one of my favorites. I would not consider him the best drummer by any means, but he's one of my favorites. Okay. Who are your five favorite guitar players? Okay. In no particular order. No particular order. And why are they your favorite? Okay. First and foremost, I will say John Mayer is my favorite guitar player of all time. Just because I kind of grew up with the whole John Mayer era of music. And so, like, as I was growing into my musical portion of my life or whatever, like starting in eighth grade, that's kind of when John Mayer came onto the scene. And then after that, I mean, he got really bluesy there for a while. Then he got kind of bluegrassy, twangy country. And now, right now, he plays with um, some members of the Grateful Dead. Wow, I didn't know that. In a band called Dead and Company. But anyways, Mm -hmm. I think from the acoustic to the bluesy to the bluegrass... Uh, whatever you want to call it. I've just been, a, I've always just been a huge John Mayer fan. I love his music. I, I don't necessarily approve of some of the things that he does off the stage or whatever, but that's not neither here nor there in regards to his guitar playing abilities. But So John Mayer would be number one for sure. Um, there's a guy named Doyle Dykes that is like a classical guitar player, like a jazz, not really jazz, but it's more just, have you ever seen the, the movie called August Rush? No. Okay. It's a lot of like picking and like finger playing like on the fretboard, just like really melodic, um, rhythmic stuff. But anyways, he does a lot of that. And so um, Doyle Dykes would be one. The Edge from U2. Yeah. I've always been a... U2 is probably my favorite band of all time. Really? He's not the greatest by any means. I mean, he doesn't get up there and wail and, and light the guitar on the fretboard on fire, but... Just the way that he can work his pedals at the same time that he plays. And I've always enjoyed the delay sound, like the analog delay stuff that he uses. And so he would be on my top five. I like Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. There's a documentary called It Might Get Loud. It's got Jimmy Page, Jack White from The White Stripes, and then The Edge from U2. And it just kind of follows all three of their backgrounds, sorry, backgrounds going into music and and in the end, they actually get together and they sit down and they jam together in this old barn. It's a really cool documentary. That'd be cool. Anyways, yeah, it, it's called It Might Get Loud. I've always liked Angus Young, who played for ACDC, of course. Just the guy's energy while he plays and what he can play while he's doing some of the <laughs> crazy stuff that he does, <laughs> like the duck walk and all that stuff while he does it on stage. Like, kind of like David Lee Roth. How does he sing in... And exactly. run around and jump around on stage like he did. Yeah. So it'd be a toss-up, you know, if, between him and then a guy named Joe Bonamassa, which is a blues player. Is that on your list? I have his name along with John Mayer. Oh, really? As part of my list. Really? For for my five favorite drummers. They're not drummers, but okay. I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. Cool. But yeah, Joe Bonamassa is another one of my favorites, but he cool. plays blues and... Um, he was a big, he was influenced a lot by B.B. King. And so anyways, yeah, that would be probably my top five. What about you? Well, you, uh, now you're doing top five guitar. You're doing top five drummers, drummers in top your five opinion. drummers. You know who this guy is. 
I mean, you can't know me and not know who my favorite drummer is. Since it's not in the time signature of 4-4, I'm guessing it's... Your man. That is Neil Peart. Neil Peart. Of Rush. He joined Rush back in 1974. Prior to that, I, I found this interesting, he was actually in a band called Hush. <laughs> then he joined Rush. So, anyway. That's pretty funny. I have... Uh, oh. He gets the applause. I have I have seen them 19 times in concert. My middle son, 14-year-old, has seen them three times. That's impressive. As you know, last summer we traveled to Toronto to see them. Yep. Which, which is their hometown. Which I always wanted to see them in their hometown. We just we just up and went. We decided to do it. And uh, I should have gone with you to that. Should have. We uh, we called it our rush pilgrimage. Yeah. 97 was it 97.3 that covered. Was yeah. it Spankmeister? 97.3 mentioned us that we were going up or there. Or was it the intern? We kept him updated on, on our travels. Who's the intern? Mike the intern. Oh, that's different radio station. <laughs> but we went through um, St. Catharines, yeah. Ontario, which is where Neil grew up. He worked at Lakeside Park, which they also have a song called Lakeside Park. And so we got to visit that. Cool. It was just—it was a really neat trip. But um, he's known for his work with Rush. He also wrote the lyrics for um, just about every single one of their songs, except the first album. Gotcha. And he also did some uh, work with the Buddy Rich Big Band, a tribute to Buddy Rich. Okay. Uh, worked with Buddy's daughter to get all that put together. So he's become very well known for that as well. Gotcha. But just just amazing, amazing tempo, amazing odd time signatures without the casual listener even knowing that they're changing time signatures. Just amazing. I agree. He is, in my opinion, no matter, not even just, I mean, I like Rush's music, but in regards to like what you're saying is he can change time signature right in the middle of all the stuff and then he's namely he's the one that wrote most of the music that they play isn't that correct i mean as far as like the the beat and all that stuff well neil um neil he's neil giddy and alex the bass player and guitar player respectively they they work on the the musical side of it the melodies and things okay and neil works separately on those parts I've just always been impressed with the way the whole band plays together. But yeah, he, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. This is part of his solo. It's all him. There's no horn section. (laughs) He's um, good. For you you, uh, musical people out there, he sampled... Buddy Rich Big Band, and then he triggers that with while he's playing. So it sounds like an entire band, but it's not. It's just him. That's pretty impressive. So anyway, he is my favorite, and I happen to think that he is the best. And a lot of a lot of people would agree with that. Number two on my list, Kenny Aronoff. Really? Do you know who Kenny Aronoff is? Uh, No. 
Kenny uh, played with John Cougar Mellencamp or John Cougar or John Mellencamp or John. John 316. Whatever he goes by this year. Uh, He played with him, oh, 15, 16 years. Cool. He also has played with a lot of artists. Um, If you listen to music at all, you have probably heard Kenny Aronoff playing drums. Gotcha. Currently, he's playing with a group called Bodine's. But he's played with John Fogarty, Stevie Wonder, Alicia Keys, Joe Walsh. Oh, wow. Keith Urban, Farrell Williams. Pharrell. Pharrell, however yeah. you say it. I'm not, I don't know. Brad Paisley and John Mayer. Awesome. So he's got such a wide variety. That's why I say if you listen to any kind of music, you have probably heard him play. Right. Uh, third on my list is Anton Fig. Okay, I've heard of him. Okay. Anton is from South Africa. He is known as the Thunder from Down Under, <laughs> which I thought was cool. That's why he's my third favorite. Gotcha. Not really. But uh, he played with the CBS Orchestra on okay. David Letterman for many years. Oh. And he was always amazing to me because Paul Schaefer, the band director, yep. just would blurt out a song, and within seconds, you have to be playing it. Yeah. So you have such this this wide list of songs... And you have to be ready at the at a moment's notice. Probably in a four beat measure. One, two, three, four, play a song. Wow. So you have to pick that out of your brain and go with it. He's also played with a lot of other people, big name people. Kiss. Wow. Which I did not know that, but he recorded one, if not two, complete albums with Kiss. Gotcha. But because of some turmoil going on in the group, he didn't really get the credit. They didn't want to show that the um, I don't know if it was Peter Chris or who it was at the time that the drummer was kind of on the outs. Gotcha. Uh, Joe Bonamassa. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. Uh, Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, Cindy Lauper, Madonna. Wow. Joe Satriani, B.B. King. I mean, he's, Big played, names. he's played with a bunch of different people, too. Now, here's the one that he's, he's always been one of my favorites, but I don't necessarily think the best mm-hmm. by any means. See if you recognize this name. Hector. Juan Samuel Torres. No. He goes by Tico. Oh, yeah. With Bon Jovi. Yeah. He's done a whole lot more than I, I knew he did, but he, he's played with Pat Benatar and Chuck Berry and Alice Cooper and Stevie Nicks. I think he even played with Cher. But one of the reasons he's one of my favorites is because I read an article some years ago with him, the interview of him, and he said, I am not the best drummer by any means. I just happened to be in the right spot at the right time. So I thought his humility there, sure, being humble about it, I thought that's something that speaks for itself. Yeah. And then my last one, you've probably not heard of. Okay. Mike Sikelski. Is he? Didn't he play in Monsters Inc.? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, that was Mike Wazowski. <clears throat> Never mind. No, but anybody on this list, if they, if there's any of them that ever have a chance of listening to, or we have a chance of them listening to this podcast, it would be Mike Sikelski. <laughs> I should say Doctor Sikelski. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. Doctor Sikelski was my drum instructor. Wait, we met, didn't we? Didn't I meet him? Where at? Has he come here before to church? No. That was my very first drum teacher when I was in fifth grade. Okay. Yeah. This is the guy that taught me through high school and through college. This was the guy from Monsters, Inc. Sure. We'll go with that. Okay. He'll he'll be proud to to hear that. (laughs) 
but he teaches at the University of Central Missouri. Okay. The Mules? The Mules. Yep. He's known for his, at least when when I was taking lessons from him, he was known for his drum set abilities, but he plays all percussion. Gotcha. Uh, very well-known, widely respected uh, drum instructor. So he's always been one of my favorites. Gotcha. When I took lessons from him, he had taken a Neil Peart solo and transcribed it on paper and then would play it back. Oh, whoa. And that that's when I went, whoa, this guy's good. Yeah. And speaking of Neil Peart, going back to that, it is Peart. It's not Pert. Drives Neil me nuts Peart. when people said, it says Neil Peart. Neil Peart. Because that's what it looks like. It does. Yeah. But Neil has said himself, and I have a recording of it, it is Peart. Peart. That's my top five favorite. Well, what's drummers. who's your top or who's your favorite guitar player? Who? Jackson Campbell. <laughs> Dead gummit. I was gonna say Darren is my favorite drummer. No, Jackson I, Campbell. Come on, seriously, Doctor no. Jackson Campbell. It's Maestro. Maestro. That's yeah. right. <laughs> my favorite drummer to watch play was always Max Weinberg. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I just I was I was enamored with the way that he played the drums. He's pretty free flowing. He was, and he was just carefree. Like, yeah, he was having a blast, no matter what yeah. he was playing. And that's that to me was, I mean, and that's the great thing about any instrument is that, like John Mayer, I mean, the guy's having a blast playing the guitar. Max Weinberg was having a blast playing the drums, and you could just see it. Yeah, he's not the best drummer in the world because Neil Peart is. Peart, Peart. <laughs> so but, cool. Yeah. So there's uh, there's a little bit about our more. And our sports. Our sports and our more. Off the wall more. And sports. And sports. Well, we're glad you guys joined us for this third installment. you have anything else you would like to say to our wonderful listeners, be sure and hit the subscribe button and download so you can download the podcast every time it comes out. Yeah, sorry. Do you have anything to subscribe say? Subscribe on the podcast. Yep. And we threw this out last time, but it's getting closer. Don't forget Facebook. It's not there yet. But the Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, hopefully in the next week or two we'll have maybe have that up and going. Yep. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell your relatives. Tell your tell parents' you, friends. Tell your chillins. Tell your friends' parents. Uh, yeah. Friends' parents. Think what do you just, have for us? Yeah. I know you'd like this. Stand by. <laughs> so anyways, this has been Off the Wall Sports. And more. With Darren. And Jackson. You're Jackson. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful time. See ya. Be kind and be courteous. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. <laughs> <laughs>